understand it's essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. Hey, wrestling fans, it is Sean from the Scumbags Wrestling. Sometimes you're normally seeing this as Thursday Night Throwdown. Uh, we're going to shelve that for a little bit, and Scumbags Wrestling is taking over the time slot. Thursday nights, 8 o'clock, right here on Facebook, YouTube, wherever you're going to get your podcasts from, uh, sharing it uh, eventually on Twitch. And, uh, yeah, new format for Scumbags Wrestling. Normally, we're only an audio show, and that's going to be scrapped. You'll still get the audio version of this uh, show, but now you can be live and interactive. We're going to have a panel of people, whether it's Steven, Chris Jones, various uh, talent, promoters. We're going to have those coming in, roundtable discussions all the time, talking about the news from Ontario. AEW, WC, I almost said WCW, uh, WWE, NXT, AEW, and we're also going to be introducing a new segment called This Week in History, where we're going to talk about what happened and what the impact was, what your memories were, but right now, I'm going to bring in Chris Jones. He is joining me right now. Jonesy, uh, how are you? I am fantastic. How are you? Uh, doing good. Uh, new format, as I said. Uh, instead of uh, TNT, we are scumbags, and we're going to do this. Um, waiting for Stephen to uh, join us. He is, I guess, currently in a conversation with his grandmother. And, uh, you know, I like grandmas. I'm going to let that slide on his uh, this first episode of Scumbags Wrestling. I and, like grandmas, uh, too. Grandmas are good. Yes. Grandmas are so, great. We're going to do this. Um, just going to plug a couple things before we start. The uh, Scumbags Wrestling, we're doing uh, T-shirts and poster sales for uh, Stevens Wrestling Journey. Money is going to Sick Kids Hospital for uh, Curie Malformation uh, Research at Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto. You can get T-shirts featuring 22 of the top stars or uh, up-and-coming stars as well of the Ontario independent wrestling scene. $15 for a shirt, or 
sorry, $15 for the poster, $30 for the shirt. I get zero profit. And so it's all going to help uh, Steven's Wrestling Journey. Check it out on Facebook. But get the shirts, support independent wrestling, support Steven and Sick Kids Hospital. We'll plug it again at the end of the show. Um, we're going to do a lot of the same things as we normally did on the uh, audio version and talk about the goings-on in wrestling. But unfortunately, we found out the other day that Kamala had passed away. Um, Chris, Kamala, and you want to share uh, history of uh, James Harris along with, uh, you know, memories of him? Well, you know what? Kamala was, in my opinion, one of the best big men. Uh, just his pure look, his size, the entrance music, uh, he he had the look. He had everything that you wanted in in a bad guy, and he could also play a good guy. Uh, he worked uh, for most major promotions in independence. If you look at his career, uh, he actually helped raise his niece uh, when his sister and daughter had an unfortunate accident uh, back in '93. Uh, produced an album called "The Best of Kamala Volume One." Uh, Looked out there, there is no volume two. Um, hopefully, he might have left some hidden tracks uh, within his estate. Uh, we will be looking at that very closely to see if that, that happens. Um, so he died at the age of 70, uh, cardiac arrest due to COVID. Uh, you know, the guy had diabetes um, since 92 is when it was like, diagnosed. So he wrestled with that for, for years and I honestly, looking at his physique, I don't know how he managed to to prosper as long as he did. So, you know, good for him. Uh, you know, Kamala, if I had the music playing, I, 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 oh, I wish I had a big fat belly. I really do, really big fat belly, but I do not. Uh, so that, that is Kamala, who uh, Jerry Lawler is the one who... Uh, um, really found him and uh, gave him the Kamala character. Yeah. Uh, at that point, he was doing the uh, Savage part. I think before that, uh, he was Sugar Bear Harris. And then, unfortunately, you know, you probably couldn't pull off a Kamala gimmick here in 2020, um, <laughs> as it was, uh, especially being sort of borderline a bit of a slave but also at the same time, the savage uh, gimmick probably does not translate well in this uh, time. I know my favorite uh, sort of memory or storyline with him actually involved uh, the casket match with Undertaker at uh, SummerSlam 92. And just the vignettes going up to it where Taker's actually making the casket and you see the blueprint of it and Kamala's drawn in uh, there. And then when he got put in the casket, uh, and you see, I believe it was Coliseum Home Video uh, did the behind the scenes later on hmm. after the casket went back, and they finally open it up, and he's uh, in the casket just uh, shivering and <laughs> break of crying because uh, he's in there. And then eventually they changed him. He became a uh, baby face in a way where Reverend Slick was trying to uh, liberate him 
in that way. So, and then he eventually disappeared and went to WCW, I think part of Dungeon of Doom. But yeah, those sort of my uh, best memory of him, even though uh, he was there beforehand and uh, challenging Hogan for the title. Yeah, he he was a cartoon character, uh, a real life. And uh, like when he got hit, he'd have his arms flail back every time. Uh, the look that he gave the Undertaker and the, the the one match where his eyes just bugged out. Uh, I you know I bet you he had a lot of fun playing that character because I know I know I would, and I think a character like that could do well um, given the right circumstances. You never know, like. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people are more touchy on what. Uh, yeah, well, you know what? Some some people need to to realize that again, it's entertainment. It's entertainment. It's a make believe world, and in a make believe world, uh, things like racism doesn't exist. Uh, it does in the real world, but when you look, especially God, if you look back at the history of '80s wrestling. And some of the things like Hogan said in that on live television that at back at that time wasn't seemed as bad. You watch it now. It's like watching old Leave it to Beaver. Like, holy, it's just it doesn't it doesn't fit now. So I think it's just we're growing and some people are are not happy that some things are still and it, it is true. Some things are haven't grown enough. I just can't we all just get along. Yeah, and that's sort of also the difference between and hip almost hypocrisy uh, with wrestling compared to everything else. You know, you see one storyline that could be this on a movie, and it's accepted because oh, mm-hmm. you know, they're just playing a character. But as soon as you put it into a wrestling scene, people then draw the line that oh, you're supposed to be sport. No, that's not uh, right in the real world. And so people can't seem to find the balance of the fact that it's athleticism, but it's still entertainment. So if it's acceptable on the big screen, why is it not acceptable on a wrestling ring or even like on a Broadway stage? It's acceptable because that's all a story, but it's, it's because it's the blurred line of what's real and what's not, uh, but yeah, I mean, a play you can do a lot of things that you can't do on TV. Uh, but yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, so so Kamala, you just got one heck of a talk going, and uh, you know, bless yeah. Kamala. Well, I had a huge history, and you mentioned. Uh, that you weren't overly happy of how we eliminated him a couple of weeks ago on fantasy tournament, uh, fantasy warfare tournament, uh, and yes. our best of the big men. But I'd have to look back at what the tournament uh, brackets were and to explain why he might have gotten uh, eliminated. Yeah, I think you should record. really look back at that because I forget who it was that uh, that won over him, and I just I was just well, shaking was- my head. Yeah, whether it was a Bam Bam Bigelow or a Vader or somebody, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, like even to me, Kamala beats Bam Bam every time as far as what he, Kamala was. Uh, uh, actually, you know what? I think Kamala and Bam Bam are pretty damn close as far as how far they got in wrestling. I mean, Bam Bam did get at least, I think he got 
a couple world belts and smaller organizations. Uh, Kamala did a few, but not a lot. Right. But yeah. So whatever our reason was for getting rid of him, it unfortunately happened. And well, he's uh, unfortunately also passed. And I guess uh, another victim of uh, COVID uh, as it stands. So, well, was, col- uh, COVID, COVID and, uh, diabetes. and diabetes. In old age. Yeah. Well, 70 years old, lost both legs due to diabetes. Yeah. Wrestling old age. Yeah. Everything catches up. And unfortunately, the weakest of us are more susceptible at uh, this time with the COVID uh, virus. But uh, so, uh, unfortunately, on that sad note, we need to move into Ontario wrestling news. Uh, normally, we do that. Uh, we'll run down what's happening as far as uh, different promotions. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to do some results eventually once uh, live shows start up again. There are a couple of events that I'm going to mention, but sad news uh, just came out the other day that Vanessa Craven is going to be calling it a career, and she's uh, selling off gear and just, I guess, after her uh, injury, I believe it was a back injury, that things got to a point where she's not been doing too much, and now with the uh, virus and everything shutting down, she's been weighing out her wrestling future. So on her Facebook page the other day, she posted, My Wrestling Future. Hi, everyone. I know there has been much communicate. hasn't been much communication from me these past few months as COVID nineteen has ravaged the world, and the speaking out movement hit wrestling. I've taken a lot of this time to reflect. I hope uh, a lot of you are safe and are taking precautions to uh, to best take care of yourselves and others around you. After much deliberation, with a heavy heart. I decided that I won't be returning to wrestling. I may still show up uh, to support here and there when wrestling returns, but I will no longer actively be wrestling. I want to thank each and every one of my fans through the years for showing support and giving me encouragement. It has always meant a lot to me. That being said, I still have leftover merchandise available, and instead of throwing it all out, I'll be selling things at a discounted price to give an opportunity to anyone who would like a piece of Vanessa Craven memorabilia, including the gear and official t-shirt I wore at the 2018 WWE May Young Classic. A few released the Craven tank tops I had made, a long sleeve t-shirt with the original Devil's Darling design, along with other t-shirts and Nick by Tents. She uh, finishes off by saying, thank you again for all your support and thank you for all the bookers and promotions who gave me a shot to perform on your shows over the years. Thank you. I will miss you all. So anybody who's looking to get her uh, memorabilia or any of the wrestling gear, definitely uh, go to her Facebook page and find a way of contacting her, putting out there. Chris, did you ever see uh, Vanessa on uh, Independent uh, Wrestling Show? I know I've seen her at least once. I think I've seen her more than once, but I I know I've seen her at Fanchild College for a show. Um, yeah. 
I, I'm sure I've seen her more than once, but that one I do remember. I believe uh, she also did a triple threat at the um, uh, London Music Hall as part of Smash Wrestling, uh, taking on Shotzi Blackheart and uh, ah. Jody Threat, and that was during yeah. Shot Sock Weekend. Uh, it's, uh, and that happened uh, during that time as well. She uh, was a very short time uh, with uh, Frankie TM and uh, involved with the title uh, scene there. I believe she actually helped uh, Frankie TM take the title off of uh, Tyson Dukes. And so I think she was also with that group. Uh, they had... Um, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, uh, so mm. now known as the Dark Order, but at that time, Super Smash Brothers. So a very talented uh, woman, uh, especially from the independent wrestling scene here in Ontario and in Quebec, where she mostly was in. I believe she also teamed up with um, uh, Tessa Blanchard, and they were tag team champions uh, over in Shimmer. I could be wrong, but... Uh, yeah, definitely somebody who made an impact on women's wrestling in this area and definitely is going to be missed. Maybe um, things will change, but because you never say never in this business. And we saw that even last year with Lufisto. She made the same sort of statement that she was going to be retiring and this was last year was going to be her last year. But things have improved vastly health-wise for her uh, and the passion is still there, so she's still going. Maybe right now it's not there for Vanessa, and things can uh, improve and can maybe return when wrestling uh, does happen. She did say in her statement that she might pop up here and there. Who's to say she, you don't get the itch when you uh, show up? You might be wanting to support uh, friends, but anything can happen. Is she, uh, amongst all the things she's selling, is she uh, she's selling any of that hair of hers, any of that long red hair, like, you know, little bit of it, sign? You know, she can make a good amount of money off that. Yeah, I don't think her uh, hair is going. You, know. you might be also thinking of a Jody Threat with the red hair. She had, uh, Vanessa Craven had black hair. Oh, okay. Well, good. And yeah, I think I did get it mixed up. So I'm not sure if I've seen this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, unfortunately, some more news came. Uh, and this was what I was actually going to say before Vanessa Craven, but just my notes said differently. Uh, Anthony Corelli, who people mostly know as Santino Morella, he's part of the Athermath crew on uh, Sportsnet with Jimmy Corderas, Nug Nargan, and... Uh, uh, I can't remember her name at the moment, uh, but he has some news and both happy and sad and basically gave some backstory in it about wanting to find his dream home, wanting to be up in Georgian Bay area. And his wife and him had a list of things that they wanted to uh, find in their home and just hadn't uh, thought and found it. And they were thinking it was going to take at least another three years to do so. All of a sudden, poof, everything came together. Uh, 
the house is there, so they're going to actually buy the house. His sister is moving up into that area, I believe, of Wyerton, he says, uh, Wasaga Beach. And, uh, yeah, their family also got hit hard when his uh, brother uh, passed away. And so it's been a lot of uh, changes in his uh, family. And his dad isn't well, so he's wanting to do more family things. His son is turning two very soon. And he doesn't want to be away from that as much as he has been. And so sometimes it's, um, he says, the term small business burnout or entrepreneurial uh, fatigue are real. And one often takes uh, them to his home and spouse, and it's not fair. Uh, His wife and him are very close lately, closer than ever. Uh, It's largely because of the break that they've had and uh, their own uh, self-inflicted slavery. He knows um, that really owe he doesn't really owe anybody an explanation because it's his life, but he felt a sense of responsibility to members of Battle Arts Academy, and he knows that people will find suitable alternatives, and hopes that they'll uh, think always think of Battle Arts fondly. Uh, Battle Arts Academy is in Mississauga. They have a uh, definitely a relationship with Destiny Wrestling. And uh, he's also did some judo teaching and stuff like that, not just uh, wrestling. And he's learned a lot about himself uh, during the last seven years. Also learned a lot about uh, being an entrepreneurial and uh, being the boss, a coach, and mentor, and what makes him truly happy. The sad part of the whole thing is that September 30th is going to be the last day for Battle Arts Academy to be open. Um, he hopes everyone will train up until then, uh, the very last minute, to try and soak up as much of the place as possible. Renovations that uh, they did just recently truly made the gym look like the best place ever looked. Life can be funny uh, like that sometimes. He takes pride in the fact that he created the most beautiful and uh, complete training facility that he's seen in his life. Battle Arts was not his original concept but a compilation of outstanding parts of world-class training facilities that he's seen all over the world. He's uh, going to post some pics and videos over the next uh, week. Uh, His last pro wrestling show uh, is going to be September 12th. Uh, It'll be an outdoor show with a maximum of 100 people. Tickets will be available shortly. And he's stepping away from coaching uh, judo as well for the uh, time being. However, it's going to allow him to actually do more things like he enjoys uh, doing judo, uh, especially now that Judo Canada, uh, he's their ambassador. And so you'll see him on Sportsnet, uh, so no change there. Uh, I guess they've also been able to do that uh, show, like how we're doing ours, uh, remotely and over Zoom or StreamYard, like we are here. So he built Battle Arts Academy from the ground up and started with the uh, drawing and some sweet equity, uh, hard-earned savings, and then boom, here you go. Obviously working for WD, it's helped. He's seen people in, uh, the worst in people and the best in people. Uh, So many mixed emotions right now, but he can definitely say he's at peace. Uh, To him, life is all about chapters and you reach the end of one, you turn the page. So, nutshell he's 
got still uh, aftermath happening on Sportsnet. He's bought his dream house. He's got a beautiful family. His daughter's uh, joined wrestling. His son is two years old. Sometimes it's uh, time to do it, but Battle Arts Academy is going to be closing as of September 30th, um, unless somebody else uh, steps up or another school opens in its place in that area. Uh, any thoughts on that, Chris? That's too bad when someone uh, wants to achieve something and they 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 believe they built a decent product and it doesn't, for whatever reason, it didn't pan out. And who knows why it didn't. If it, uh, Ballard's has been successful. Well, it sounds like it's closing. Yeah, they're closing because he's moving. Oh, it's just closing because they're moving. Ah. Yeah. So if somebody else steps up and takes it over, who knows? But he's closing it down so that he can uh, be with his family. Yeah. Ballard's has actually been... Uh, producing a lot of uh, decent talent out of it. Um, working with I, now, I wonder. Now I wonder why why he didn't sell it. Yeah, who knows? But yeah, uh, if he can uh, manage to do it, especially at this time, well, I congratulate him on uh, mm -hmm. being able to find that success and be able to step away and be happy uh, with all that. Uh, Definitely not the last we're going to see of uh, Anthony Corelli every uh, night on uh, Aftermath with Jimmy Corderas and Caroline Schwed, I believe that was her name, and Nug Nargan. So, yeah, best of luck and congratulations to him. On a happy note, though, Tyson Duke's Wrestle Factory, they uh, just recently, uh, at the beginning of the month, were able to return to the factory to continue wrestling and learning. So he's got that going on for him. And just this uh, past week, a couple days ago, he just launched the Hammerlock podcast. And uh, on this week's episode, he's talking about the uh, Bret Hart 1-2-3 kid match from Monday Night Raw. Definitely stands out as one of the uh, best matches of all time, really. If you look at uh, some of the great matches that have happened on Raw, and the fundamentals that those two used, a lot of people did not like working with the one, two, three kid. Uh, they were talking about that recently, I think on 83 weeks that Piper and uh, Flair did not like uh, really working with uh, Sean Waltman, but Waltman had all the fundamentals that made him who he was. It wasn't just the flippy stuff that he did. And he almost became a gatekeeper that if you could get through Waltman, then you could move up the card. Um, so definitely check out Hammerlock Podcast. Uh, check out Hammerlock Apparel. Uh, he's selling uh, great workout gear, T-shirts, shorts, uh, sleeveless hoodies, uh, track pants. You name it all. He's got uh, it during uh, in his apparel shop of Hammerlock Pod uh, Hammerlock Apparel. Uh, my apologies, Tyson, for stumbling over that, thinking about your podcast as well. And there could be news in the future involving more stuff labeled Hammerlock. So some good news on the Ontario front uh, from Tyson. Your thoughts, Chris? I, I, I hope they do some Hammerlock gum. Well, you'd have to talk to him about that. 
But, no, it's good. Uh, uh, I'm glad that his school's doing well. He's got an apparel line now. This that uh, it looks like uh, it could be the decade uh, for uh, Mr. Dukes. Yeah, um, and he has a son, Ethan, who's uh, following his uh, footsteps. He has two. Uh, I've uh, I've seen him a few times now, and we talked about it at the actually one of the probably the last live shows uh, before COVID hit, and uh, uh, he's just massively improved. I mean, I I was actually surprised how young he is. Uh, Yeah, he just turned eighteen. Yeah, he he definitely. is beyond his years already, and uh, it'll be exciting to see uh, his career from beginning to uh, end. Yeah, I know I've said it numerous times because uh, I've I dropped by the Russell Factory, and nothing but uh, kudos to Ethan uh, because when I first saw him, I had no clue that he was Tyson's son, and I think he probably was only in the ring a couple of days. Uh, at that point, because I hadn't seen him before. And to be honest, I was just like, oh, what we got going on here? And then I hadn't returned. <clears throat> Winter came or whatever, went back, and Ethan was still there. Vastly improved. And now he's been in the ring. Great. I I, I look forward to about two, three years from now uh, where he'll be. Because he could definitely, he could definitely uh, climb uh, the uh, ladder in in the wrestling world with what he has already achieved. Yeah, for sure. And I would encourage anybody to uh, check out um, our YouTube page. Check out the uh, playlist of the production line. We've been uh, shut down uh, because of COVID, but there are um 20 plus episodes of the production line and you can see some of the uh progression of the up-and-coming students from the tyson dukes russell factory and then obviously he's uh part of that uh group and there's a good handful of ethan dukes matches uh in there too and you can see all the great work that tyson does to uh, train the next generation with the fundamentals so That's our wrap-up of the Ontario scene, and I'm not sure if I just got a message saying that Stephen is on his way. It does look like that. So we did cover off the Ontario scene, which is perfect timing if he does uh, pop up, because we're going to switch over to things like results and news for the major guys, AEW, WC, there you go again. WCW, yeah. Yeah, because AEW wants to be WCW. I I can't believe how much uh, they want to be them. It's unfortunate. Uh, But, yeah. So, this past Monday on Raw, Stephen does not show up yet. This past Monday on Raw had a lot of things going on and was a little bit faster pace, but still it's losing people watching and the demographics are dropping. The younger uh, viewers are down. The older people are still hanging in there, but definitely not as dominant as WWE used to be. And you can't blame it all, unfortunately, on COVID. 
as much as a Bruce Pritchard fan I am, I think he's getting spread out a little too much. And with all the stuff that's going on on TV and all the hours they put in, Vince McMahon has the short attention span instead of doing a lot of long-term booking. But this Monday Night on Raw, we did see the signing of contract for Dominic Mysterio, which most people expect Rey Mysterio, his dad, to be still signed with WD. His contract was up. But if Dominic is uh, doing this, he's going to want to push his son and help him uh, the best he can. And instead of jumping to AEW, who wanted to match WWE contract, I'm pretty sure he's going to stay there. But then they had the contract signing also for the SummerSlam match with uh, Seth Rollins. That led into Seth Rollins being Humberto Carrillo. And Dominic came back and he got beat really, really bad with kendo sticks, up to eight kendo sticks between uh, Murphy and Seth were used on him. Go online. You can see all the beating that he took. His skin is just so beat red and marked up. Uh, that happened. Uh, Angelo Dawkins beat Andrade in the lead up to their tag team uh, title defense with Street Profits against Andrade and uh, Angel Garza. That led into Bianca Belair beating Zelina Vega because she's sticking up for her husband, who was poisoned by Vega last week. Apollo Crews interrupted. I know, drama. Apollo Crews interrupted uh, MVP lounge with the Hurt uh, business. Shelton Benjamin then ended up beating Apollo Crews. Viking Raiders Ricochet and Cedric Alexander beat Tozawa and his ninjas. Yes, Tozawa and ninjas. Uh, R-Truth was one of the ninjas and snuck the 24-7 title away from Tozawa. Peyton Royce, uh, who apparently WD or Vince McMahon is now a little bit more higher on, beat Liv Morgan. Riddick Moss uh, won a underground match. So Raw Underground had a second week uh, doing their shoot, shoot uh, choreograph fights. Which Ken Shamrock is like, hey, if you want to shoot fight, call me up. Oscar um, beat Bailey to uh, be able to face Sasha at SummerSlam for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, there was another underground match with a guy that I'm not sure of. Dubba Kato ended up winning a underground match, and he grabbed the, his opponent by his testicles and then uh, hit him. Yeah, this big giant of a guy, uh, kind of crazy, and then. You saw Shannon Baszler hop in there, and she took out three women uh, by herself. And then uh, Retribution, which looks like a bunch of little children running around, uh, also looking like the ninjas, uh, flipped a car. Even though the Friday before, they ended up uh, bringing out chainsaws and slicing down the uh, ropes in the ring after uh, chasing people off. That's not cheap, man, to repair those ropes. I know. And they got to tape them up all the time. And finally, Randy Orton ended up beating Kevin Owens in a match that uh, Ric Flair had set up the week before. And before the uh, segment ended, Orton had Flair stay behind. They went to commercial, came back, and Orton called out Flair for being jealous of him. And... 
Flair stood up for himself and said, hey, you know, I'm 70 years old and this is where I want to be and everything. But then after they hugged, Orton and hit him uh, low blow, nursed him down to the uh, mat and left him for dead, basically. So that was actually a pretty good segment. Knew it was on its way, maybe a little too soon. But Drew McIntyre came out to uh, confront uh, Orton and they had a stare down leading into their SummerSlam match coming up in a week and a half, I believe. And so, yeah, that was Monday Night Raw, which now allows me to bring in Stephen, who is with us. Hello, Stephen. And oh, hi, not- Steve. How's it going? We, what, have, we have his chair. Stephen's I chair. See, I see him. Yeah. Don't um, you see him? So, that was Monday Night Raw. What are your thoughts on uh, what was going on with that? I'm not sure if you saw any of that, Chris. Oh, Monday Night Raw? I saw absolutely none of it. I'd like to pass that to Steve. Oh, Monday Night Raw was poor, terrible. Sorry, family stuff. That's okay. We are live and going. Yeah, Monday Night Raw was horrible. Wonderful. That's about, uh, I mean, really bad. Not as bad as I've seen it, but not great. Yeah. Retribution, the children running around, flipping over a car after what well, we didn't see it actually happen. And the, mm-hmm. there's talk that the people who are in Retribution are not going to be, or who are doing it right now are not going to be revealed at the end. No, uh, it's, it's, from what I read, the spoilers, they're two fairly good NXT people. So I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, so if that's true, then we'll see what happens. Uh before we look at AEW, because I know you're looking forward to having so much fun with AEW, last night was also NXT. So Karrion Cross beat uh, Danny Birch, and then um, part of the contracts, uh, I guess, signing stuff, a fireball uh, was attacked on uh, Keith Lee. He needed some medical attention. Drake Maverick and Killian Deans, their uh, match didn't happen because Undisputed Era interrupted it uh adam cole is very not happy with uh what's going on with uh pat mcafee uh cruiserweight champion uh santos escobar beat tyler breeze mia yem beat indy hartwell bronson reed beat uh damian priest mercedes martinez and Aliyah beat casey Cantazero and caden uh I forgot her last name. But then Rhea Ripley and Shotzi Blackheart came out to chase off uh, Mercedes and Aaliyah. So there's probably going to be a tag team match coming up either uh, next week or at uh, TakeOver. Cameron Grimes ended up uh, getting the spot in the ladder match, uh, which also involved Kushida and the returning Velveteen Dream. But I guess... There's going to be a second chance match for those who did not uh, get defeated in their triple threat matches. So next week on NXT, which will be un- uh, unopposed by AEW, will feature Finn Balor taking on Velveteen Dream and Johnny Gargano against uh, Ridge Holland uh, for the final two spots in the ladder match for the North American Championship. So that was NXT. Do you have any uh, 
thoughts or knowledge about what was going on? NXT was not bad. I watched it today while I was working. It was very entertaining. The fireball fireball spot was looked actually really good. I don't know if, if you guys have seen it, but it actually looked good. Yeah, I ended up missing that uh, part. I uh, just saw the recaps and uh, trying to catch up on NXT, but I wanted to definitely get the results in so that we could uh, compare what they uh, ended up doing during their two hours compared to shit show. Uh, just some quick notes on AEW before we talk about uh, the whole thing. Because um, we haven't actually done a scumbags podcast for a little bit. So Eddie Kingston uh, it actually impressed AEW enough that they are uh, signing him after his TNT uh, challenge from Cody. But we didn't see that same thing with Warhead, which everybody is praising Warhead for. And I don't understand Warhead. Were they uh, watching the same match as us? or Yeah. Um, he looks bargain basement as far as I'm concerned. I, I got... Somebody posted, uh, what did you think of Warhead? And I they also had a picture of him in trash. I'm like, well, I guess that's where he belongs. And somebody complained about me saying that. And it was another talent. And it's like, well, don't ask my opinion if you're not going to accept it. All right? So, But there's a reason why they didn't sign him. I wasn't overly impressed with Eddie Kingston, but they were, and they're the ones who count to give him a contract. Um Matt Cardona, which we knew is Zack Ryder. He's one of the only guys. Pardon? He's on a five appearance contract. Cardona? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize how few it was. Uh, I thought they actually signed him to a deal. Um, no, he's on a he's on a short term like what uh, FTR originally had. It's like oh. five or ten appearances, and then and he, they've already used two of his appearances. Yeah. But he's uh, joined Cody, and he's with AEW, I guess, for three more appearances unless they give him an off contract. Or he could go over to Impact because Brian Myers, his tag team partner, first match out on uh, Impact and losing. So maybe Zach needs to come back and help him over there. But he's one of the only guys who went to AEW from the people who were released by WWE and their contract, their 90-day no-competes came up. Uh, Deadly Draw uh, Women's Tournament has been happening Mondays on their YouTube channel. Some really green uh, competitors in that. And surprisingly, Nyla Rose was not given a victory to just have her steamroll over everything. Uh, They were taken out in the first round. Nightmare Sisters are still in there against Big and Little Swole, which will happen this Monday. Um, Yeah, so there's a lot going on with that. AEW Dark is going to be on Tuesdays. This Wednesday will not be another episode of uh, Dynamite as they're being bumped by the NBA playoffs by TNT, and they're going to be next on Saturday, August 22nd at 6 p.m. or thereabouts. Here's the thing, and I haven't looked at TSN's website. Are they doing it live? Uh, I'm not sure if they're actually recording it tonight. No, no, no. Uh, Is it going to be live next Saturday on TSN, too? 
Yeah, I haven't seen that yet either. Probably too uh, far in advance for TSN to update that schedule. They'll just replace this Wednesdays. But uh, AEW is planning on showing part of um, All Out or All In from uh, last year on their YouTube channel on Wednesday to give somebody something to watch if you don't want to see NXT. Don't ask me why. And so that's all also leading up to all in happening September 5th, where Moxley is going to defend against MJF. Now, this week's AEW show actually did reflect their rankings for a change. If you look at their rankings for this uh, past week, the tag team rankings still have Omega and Page at, uh, as champions at 11 and 1. But they took on the fifth-ranked team, Jurassic Express. The Young Bucks took on the Dark Order. That was four versus three. And the Best Friends, well, they weren't there. And FTR was part of the uh, appreciation uh, segment with the Rock and Roll Express and Brainbusters. Then the women had Hiroshida, still his champion, but Britt Baker wasn't there. Abaddon wasn't there. Penelope Ford, Big Swole, and Nyla Rose. So they didn't do that one. But then the men, Moxley and Cody, are still your AEW and TNT champion, respectively. But Scorpio Sky, fifth rank, took on Cody this week. Brody Lee, fourth ranked, is challenging Cody for the, on the 22nd. Brian Cage, Lance Archer were not there. And MJF is actually the number one contender and getting to use that number one contendership. So... Sometimes the rankings matter and sometimes they don't, but this time at least it did reflect it. Which takes us into last night with AEW and Dynamite. Quickly running down, the Young Bucks uh, defeated Dark Order. MJF addressed the uh, title scene against Moxley. Moxley attacked him from behind, hit him with the paradigm shift, and he was complaining about his neck. Uh, Matt Hardy talked with Alex Marvez, and he said he's not going to be available until the 22nd. Shocking, because that's the next time they are on TV. Cody beat Scorpio Sky and was then challenged by Brody Lee for the TNT title. Omega and Page retained over the Jurassic Express, their tag team titles. Santana and Ortiz uh, vandalized gear from the best friends because they didn't want to apologize to destroying Trent's mom's van. Lame story. Uh, the Young Bucks, FTR, Rock and Roll Express, and Brainbusters were all in the ring, and that became a brawl with uh, Ricky Morton being taken out by FTR, basically, at the end. Cheetah defeated a very green Heather Monroe. Jake Roberts got his shirt torn off him by Lance Archer, and Orange Cassidy beat Chris Jericho in the main event, where Cassidy had lost. He was supposedly going to have to buy or pay for the $7,000 jacket that Jericho was wearing. So that's the rundown of AEW. Steven, you look so thrilled. Your thoughts on some of it? Because you did say in our talk earlier that some of it was good. So let's talk about the positive. Uh, MJF segment. He's a fucking natural heel. That segment, even though you would see it on Raw, but... He's so good. When he laid down and they did the camera shot overhead, I popped for that because that was cool. 
the neck injury, he's already petitioned for that paradigm shift to be banned because it's dangerous. And then I like the that happened years ago when they were trying to ban the DDT from Jake Roberts. Yeah. Then I love the tag team appreciation night. I popped. It's the Rock and Roll Express, Tolly and Iron. Two out of the probably top five tag teams from the eighties. And as much as the Young Bucks, I hate the gymnastic show. They are a good tag team in their own weird way. And FDR, which is probably the greatest tag team going right now. And I love how they set up that um, injury to his, like, the brought the injury in from last week, and then they hit that spike pal driver on Ricky Morton. I popped because I was like, oh. it set up. You can see, though, Sean Spears, FTR. And Tully. Yeah, and I think Arn and... I don't know if it's going to be Adam Page or Cody Rhodes, but this, it basically last night was like just dragging it out a little longer. And it, it I was really excited. Um, now, do we talk about the shit? Go for it. Highlights. Um, Young Bucks versus, well, Young Bucks versus uh, Dark Order wasn't bad wasn't wonderful. I mean, I don't understand why they're beating the piss and slapping around Dark Order, even though their gimmick's dumb, but that's just dumb itself. Um, the tag team match, if I wanted to see a little child wrestle, I would have put on Micro Championship Wrestling because Marco... Yeah, I, I know Chris doesn't watch AEW. Marco stunts about your height, if not a little bit shorter. And he's about Short. this big around. Oh, I'm bigger than that. But he thinks he's it, it's stupid and it pisses me off every time I see it. Um, Sheeta. I, I wished him a happy 10th birthday, even though he just turned 24. Oh, yeah. that's the guy. Okay. I popped a little because. I hate him. Um, Sheeta versus the Green Woman. Cool. Waste of time. Sure. Um, what am I missing? Well, the thing is with that one, like Tony Schiavone afterwards had said, Oh, there's a lot of people gearing to go after you. And she's like, Yeah, I'm waiting and I'm ready. Well, unfortunately, she's like Asuka. Nobody's ready for uh, Hikuro Sheeta. Like, yeah. they're, they're all green. Um, the only person that could save that women's division is Tessa Blanchard, but I, she ain't coming in. Um, and then you have the Chris Jericho Orange Cassidy match. I'm gonna skip over the best friend, the proud and powerful breast best friends pouring bleach on the clothes because I'd rather bleach my eyes than watch that again or talk about it. Is there another match I'm missing that was shitty? Uh, yeah, probably, but. Uh, the Orange Cassidy Chris Jericho match. Well, you must admit uh, Cassidy didn't rely on the hands in the pockets and lame kicks this time around. He actually seemed uh, serious. And they had uh, Mike Kyoto uh, arrive. He was the first time he's worked there. Oh, uh, yeah. 
being released, and Jericho tried to use him as a "I saved your job" in WWE 18 years ago, and uh, didn't work. And surprisingly, Orange picked up the victory, but they didn't set up anything for Jericho leading into All Out. Oh, it's going to be a, 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 a it's going to be the best of three. I'm telling you now. Well, I'm thinking either best of three or it's going to end up being a six man tag. Regardless, it's dumb, and I'm over them. We will see what next week's AEW special on the Saturday. We should do a watch along. You want to see how angry and hateful I get? You should hear how interesting. I just yell and scream at the TV. Um, so, yeah, um, that's AEW. But we got some talking points to go through. Uh, just with some of the news uh, over the last little bit. Um, could be a longer uh, dragged out. Uh, talk but it could depends on things i know you but some of my talking points and hopefully chris you can be a part of this is wd well not wd uh it was recently announced that the rock along with his ex-wife danny garcia and a business partner bought the xfl for 15 million dollars just days before it was set to go uh to auction and so now the rock who opened up the original XFL uh, when it debuted 18 years ago, is now the owner of the new XFL. Do you see anything happening with the XFL, or is this just a, let's say, Vince McMahon uh, sort of deal, uh, and buy it, keep the dream alive? It's going to sit there, and there will be... It's going to, uh, and I'm calling this now. There won't be, there's going to be no NFL this year, or not at least till January, because I don't see it playing. Um, I can see the XFL eventually being the minor leagues, kind of like what baseball has, which basketball has, which hockey has, football doesn't have. So I can see the XFL being transitioned to when the NFL ends a couple weeks, two or three weeks later, this, the XFL will start and it will be kind of like the minor leagues to send rookies, people who didn't get to play, but who you think might be able to. So you think there's a chance they'll survive and uh, be back up and running? Yeah, but it's going to be like a tester league too. Yeah. Rule changes, stuff like that. Chris, your thoughts? Uh, whether it starts up again or, or not anytime soon, I can see it also being a smart move as far as uh, if The Rock still has that baller show going or any show, you could use that XFL, all their logos and everything in a TV show and you don't got to pay dick for it because it's your own. I, I can see that being a point of buying it, I can also see it's a fact of The Rock kind of, you know, saying, hey, hey, McMahon, I'll give you a little bit of money for this and see what I can do with it type of deal. Uh, yeah, and also, yeah. I guess the bonus in a way with the way sports are right now, um, Major League Baseball doing a horrible job of uh, keeping COVID-19 down because they're traveling all over the place. NBA, they're bubbled at Disney and you have the NHL bubbled in Toronto and uh, Edmonton. With the XFL being only eight teams, 
they essentially could bubble themselves and be a football league that could work as opposed to the NFL because of how many teams they have. Oh, it's going to be a disaster in the NFL. Um, I got to go, though, boys. Well, nice being with you for a little bit. We'll see you again on Fantasy uh, Warfare Tournament, part two of the greatest tag teams. And we'll talk about Sunday for uh, trivia. Yes. My life will get back to normal. Okay, bye. Thank you, Steven. Well, at least we can always rely on Steven to give his opinion on AEW. Hey, hey, that was that was like a like a run in or a uh, when a commentator would come, a wrestler would come down to commentate just one match or whatever, and then leave. Yeah, got him in time for the AEW segment. He, we know how he loves his AEW. Uh, so, a couple other things. Uh, then we'll talk about this week in uh, history. Yeah, uh, Chris is Eric Bischoff appeared last week on AEW as a special guest uh, moderator for. Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy. Now, you probably didn't see it. Got you on that one. But do you think this is going to be a one-time only thing with AEW and Eric Bischoff? Or do you see Eric joining it after his unsuccessful last run with WWE? I can see him joining it. Uh, I mean, if they're willing to pay, why wouldn't he? Uh, He'd bring bring some stuff to it, but only have him on an on air guy. Don't yeah, I was gonna don't say give him, rather... don't give him reins and control. My problem with wrestling right now is the fact that a lot of it, especially WWE, it 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 looks like I'm watching a video game. I feel like I'm watching a video game. Um especially the hockey. The hockey is weird watching because they have it all this most of the seats all tarped off. So it's kind of like you know a computer program where you know the fans and fuck who cares what they look like. Uh, yeah. So well, I feel re- wrestling needs to be stripped down right now. Uh, I don't know why they have all these big screens and lights and all this. Concentrate on the wrestling and the storyline. Who gives a shit as long as it's well lit? Who gives a shit if they got all their pyro or all that stuff? To me. That's a waste. It, it's it's just a big waste to to put. I, I I like the old simpler down sets that made you feel like how I remember going to live shows and just seeing the WWF banner at the entrance way. That was yeah. enough to you know. Now it's that's since you're, you're, they're all in yeah. HD now, so they got to do all the LED lights and. Make it all spectacular for HD uh, and 4K uh, watchability, as opposed to when we were in standard definition at that time. You know, if they want to do that show, but they uh, they should also do a a dumbed down show where it's you know it's just the ring, baby. Yeah, well, they're kind of doing that with Underground, which I was going to say, uh, Underground is their latest let's hot shot and get some uh, crowd to watch our show. Uh, if you heard anything about the underground uh, segments that they're doing, it's sort of like a fight club meets tough enough or uh, mm. uh, brawl for all. And they're doing bra- uh, bare knuckle fighting type deal, but it's still all choreographed. Uh, unlike how the bar- brawl for all was. 
and they're just doing segments around 10 o'clock and after 10 o'clock on Monday mm -hmm. nights to uh, try and keep people around for the third hour. Do you think they'll keep people's attention or it's going to be, let's try it out for a couple of weeks. And if it fails, it, we won't even remember it by December. Has there ever been any real successful non-wrestling regular scheduled thing that wrestling has ever done that's ever worked? The Brawl right. for All didn't work. Uh, when they, they, I'm trying to think of other things they've done. Well, with uh, Ken Shamrock, Owen Hart, they they built that special cage, and I think they used it twice. Yeah, uh, match. It. It's wrestling. Keep it wrestling. Uh, if you're going to do that, then I'd say you could still have the ring, but take down the ropes, strip oh, the, it down. Yeah, the ropes are down on this, and they're just oh. uh, performing on the other thing. Is, but is the is the mat still there? The mat is still there. Take the mat away. Put it right on the wood, because if they're not flipping and flopping around. It looks a hell of a lot more dangerous if you're in a fight and you you there's it's stripped down to a wood wood uh, match. I think all hardcore matches should be that way, anyways. But yeah. to me, and like hell, your ring ropes, man, put some freaking barbed wire around that. Well, they did that sort of in uh, uh, Impact Wrestling about a year and a half ago with uh, LAX, okay. and, uh, Sammy Callahan, I believe, or. But yeah, um, our last uh, thing to point out uh, in the news before we head to uh, some this weekend, Chris Jericho did a concert with Fozzie at Sturgis, the place that was the host of Hogwild and Roadwild for WCW, 250,000 plus people in attendance during COVID and supposedly Masks were optional, temperatures were taken, and all this other stuff. And they did a concert and limited people. But if you saw pictures, there were a lot of people close to each other. Yet, he did the concert and still got to perform on uh, AEW this week without having to quarantine. Do you think it's irresponsible of Jericho to have done the concert for starters? And thoughts on... AEW still allowing him to perform. They say they were away from people and on the bus and all this other stuff, but still, when they're on stage, they were around everybody. Yeah, it's it. Is it irresponsible? Of course it is, but I mean, it's it's entertainment. People are going to do what they want to do. Uh, they'll justify their actions, and you know, I don't think they're going out there to. You know, try to spread anything. They're just trying to do uh, a fun thing and give the the fans something. But as long as you know, as long as he's not preaching uh, safe COVID stuff, because if he is, he isn't following it. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, the show must go on, and that's that's the thing with people like. In wrestling, is you, you just want the show to go on, and but again, that 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 shows also the American side of of yeah. how 
that type of stuff can can happen. Mind you, he's no worse than a lot of um, uh, of these riots and that that have gone on these protest marches where. I'm fine with marching, but if you're not staying six feet away from everybody and wearing masks, then I don't care what you're you're in support for. You're not following what you're supposed to. Yep. And we all live in this society that we have agreed to these rules, whether you like them or you don't, and whether you believe in them and if you don't. But a lot of people think they're more important and can do other things that other people can't. And me, I'm not that upset about it because personally, I don't really care. If I get COVID, I'm I'm I believe that I can defeat it. Um, my wife, maybe not so much. She has a little respiratory uh, uh, issues. So, and then other people I know are a lot more at risk. So, again, in the bottom line, everyone should have been wearing masks. Yep. At least it was in the states, so yeah, yeah. Hopefully, uh, nothing got brought but back to uh, good on, good on Jericho for putting on that show. Yeah, hopefully, nothing got brought back to the AEW locker room, uh, for sure. Which then brings us to the segment that I asked you to be a part of this week in history. I didn't do my homework. Oh, okay. Well, this You're is what I've got. Line. For this day in history, uh, August 13th, of course, is today's date. Uh, no matter when you're listening to this, it's always going to be August 13th. Uh, last, last year, uh, SmackDown was actually being taped in Toronto. Uh, two years ago, Impact tapings were in Toronto. Uh, three years ago, uh, Smash Super Showdown uh, 5 happened. Uh, 13 years ago today, uh WWE taped the 35th edition of Saturday Night's main event from Madison Square Garden. What's kind of neat about that is that was the very first time that uh, they actually did Saturday Night's main event in Madison Square Garden. All those years, like from 85 to to, uh, then, that was the first time. Uh, And 19 years ago, the phrase what uh, was born at uh, Raw taping uh, when Steve Austin trash-talked Hugh Morris, Raven, and Taz, and the fans ate it up, uh, the insults, and uh, the rest is history there. Mind you, I absolutely hate the what chant. It was fine then, but people that do it, people that do it now, it's just, it's annoying because it doesn't belong in today's uh, uh, it's it's like just telling a wrestler or you suck. They they if they're a bad guy, they know they suck. If they are a good guy, they know they could suck too. So the, the at least though that you're telling them something, just saying what after every single thing. It worked because it was Steve Austin. Everyone else, it's just it's an it's to me it's annoying and it actually breaks a lot of the wrestlers' concentrations. Mind you, there's some out there that are fun to watch that the what doesn't happen to them because of the way they pace their talking. All you got to do is talk quicker than they can respond, and it ends really quick. Yeah, uh, and sometimes uh, it's interesting to see somebody get thrown off by it to see oh, yeah. uh, what happen. And unfortunately, fans look forward to doing that. But, yeah, uh, 
it's funny that you mentioned about that happening because Nathan and I were on our way home from work this, uh, this afternoon and talking about your game show and the ringing in and got thinking about one of the buzzwords. Oh, yes. What? So yeah, you never it, know, you somebody know, might use it. Yeah, it, it worked for him, but uh, I never I never liked it. I thought it was annoying as shit. Um, but that's okay. I do a lot of knowing shit at wrestling events. Uh, so uh, the deaths, of course, Kamala, we talked about earlier. And, uh, you know, Brian, Brian Keith Adams, who, of course, we knew as Crush, uh, he died uh, uh, back in, jeez, uh, oh, I don't even know the year, but 13 years ago today. <laughs> yes, uh, 2007. Uh, his cause of death was uh, accidental drug overdose. Uh, the drugs he was taking were all therapeutic levels, but their combination impeded his respiratory system. I thought he actually, you know, you hear drug overdose, you hear, you think, oh, they just, you know, were being careless or whatever. But what he was taking was at the proper levels, but combined, they 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 did stuff. So, um too bad it was an accidental death uh, and and he had you know a little bit of a rough ride in life but uh for that to take him out that kind of and a lot of people put that in the list of you know careers that were ended short and as far as lifespan and they make it sound like it's wrestling's fault and it's like when i i, I and that's why i like doing a lot of research is a lot of that stuff is untrue yeah, and unfortunately, it was, drugs, accident, it was accidental. All these years, I thought it was something else, and here it is, accident. Drugs were unfortunately a part of his life because I believe uh, during one of his breaks from the WWE, he actually got arrested for uh, selling or something like that. In yeah, uh, I guess I Hawaii. do. So. And uh, it's funny that yeah, you brought that up because I was on my way home listening to this week's Grill and Jr. And it's a tribute to Brian Adams as well. Um, I actually liked him when he was uh, part of Demolition and brought in. I was a huge Demolition Mark. And so when he was uh, the third member, loved it, kept it going. But then, yeah, they got, got ditched really quickly. He was still very green. I only worked a little bit in Japan at the time. And then he returned with the uh, neon and the mullet. Uh, was his first televised match with Demolition was them winning the belts. I mean, what a way to be introduced to the public. Uh, and I think he had the best backbreaker in the business, especially at that time. His spin around backbreaker, he just flipped those people. I always wanted to be in one of his backbreakers, man, because he just made it look so damn painful. Uh, and then he was a member of Chronic in WCW. Yeah. Uh, they got brought over to WWE when uh, WCW went down, but uh, didn't last long. But also, before he even went to uh, WCW that last time, he was uh, leading uh, the DOA after uh, the Nation of Domination uh, originally split up. So he had mm -hmm. quite the career with WWE and even uh, his brief time in WCW. Uh, gone too soon and... As you mentioned with his cause of death, it's sort of like Eddie Guerrero and uh, Hawk, where drugs were an issue, but it wasn't the issue because uh, just things caught up to him 
afterwards type deal. It was right levels, as you said, but a mixture that was uh, dangerous. So, yeah, rest in peace, uh, Brian Adams. And I think, uh, yeah, the one other thing that I noticed for this week in history was 21 years ago, Chris Jericho uh, made his debut on WD Raw and or WWF Raw, Monday Night Raw. Uh, it was part of the countdown clock that nobody knew what the millennium was going to uh, be. And it was supposed to end before even the actual millennium. And The Rock was in the ring when the countdown finished. And you had this awesome encounter between the two uh, in the, his first time out. It's unfortunate that he didn't stay at that level and got lowered down. But he eventually did make it up by beating The Rock and Stone Cold in the same night. Uh, to be the undisputed champion, but it all started with that one night when the countdown finished on the clock. So mm-hmm. 21 years, and he had a huge career in WCW. Well, not huge, but a successful career in WCW and ECW and everything to make it to finally WWE. And you see him today, last night, losing to Orange Cassidy, putting over him. Uh, Deservedly so, who knows? But yeah, Jericho is still evolving every day and he's 50 years old. So, yeah, that's our week in uh, this week in history. We're going to try and uh, polish it up uh, and make it a regular uh, segment. Yeah, um, we could have like, you know, some kind of tune, you know, maybe some graphics and everything. So, yeah, this. Episode has been improperly through, thrown together, uh, some technical difficulties along the way. But we're going to wrap up uh, this week's episode. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Stephen, for his brief run-in. Um, next week, we're going to talk about the uh, predictions for NXT TakeOver uh, 30. It's going to happen on Saturday, August 22nd. There's going to be a new uh, North American champion uh, crown that night. And we're also going to do predictions for SummerSlam, which is happening on Sunday night, August 23rd. Doesn't look like there's going to be any uh, uh, cinematic matches. And there's rumors that Vince is going to put it in some arena in Orlando and actually have some bodies there. Uh, May not be paid attendance, but he's going to have a different atmosphere than the uh, performance center. So we're just waiting on an announcement on that. We'll run down the cards for both of those shows. And- well, here's an idea for Vince McMahon right now. Okay. Is they need to do an episode and they've done episodes before with uh, the uh, Muppets. What they need to do is have some Muppets in those damn seats. That would be interesting. They could even have their own commentating table. I mean, come on, do some heckling and all that. Cross they could get, they could get Sweetums to do a match. The Muppets are now on Disney Plus with a new show, so yes. it'd be good cross promotion for them on that one. So yeah, next week we'll just run down any news, uh, results leading up to SummerSlam and NXT Takeover Thirty, and there won't be any AEW talk. So Stephen will be disappointed. Uh, maybe we'll talk and preview what's going to happen on Saturday, but. Yeah, we'll cut uh, everything down. Chris, before we wrap up, where can people find you? Uh, They can find me uh, under uh, the Wrestling Trivia Game Show Challenge 
Uh, right now, it's just a, a beginning. It's a group page. I'll probably do more with it eventually, but uh, right now, I'm just kind of slowly launching it out. It's uh, just a wrestling trivia uh, game show. Uh, we need a minimum of two players up to four. Uh, I also have a tag team format that people can do as well where they can take each other in and out. Uh, you don't have to know a lot about wrestling. Uh, as long as you know the very basics, you'll be fine. And there's a lot of other stuff in there. There's movies and all that. All, you think of all the things that wrestling has touched over the years. Well, that's that's all trivia, baby. Yeah, so uh, we did a test run uh, last weekend, and uh, Ben... Bradley and myself uh, were a part of it. It uh, seemed really good, really fun, educational at the same time, uh, done Jeopardy style. So anybody who is looking to be a part of this, have some fun, uh, contact uh, Chris at the Wrestling Trivia Game Show Challenge on Facebook and uh, be part of the game show. Let's have some fun. And then, as people know, we got Facebook and YouTube for Scumbags Wrestling, and uh, we're going to be doing this show every Thursday night, uh, barring any uh, personal uh, hiccups that need to be accounted for. But Thursday night's here on Facebook and YouTube, and I'm going to be doing Twitch as well. We're always on Facebook uh, every morning doing the Superstar of the Day. We followed the Ontario indie wrestling scene, and we... Just try and keep up with the wrestling scene and have fun. Uh, wrestling fans talking back and forth. Uh, plus, well, as I said at the beginning of the show, we are selling T-shirts for Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto. $30 for uh, the shirt, $15 for the poster. It's 11 by 17. And you got 22 uh, talents from the Ontario independent wrestling scene, including the Pillars, Tyson Dukes, Brent Banks, Tarek, Sebastian Suave. You got the King of the North. Uh, Carter Mason, The Wild Child, uh, Jody Threat, Two Scoops, Casey Spinelli, members of the Tyson Dukes Wrestle Factory, including The Revolt, uh, Alec Realm, Jordan James, there's Jim Strider, Violet Lee, Kyle Boom, Shiloh, Josh Pine. Uh, and what? the rest. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, so many people, the Hallel Beefcake around the uh, shirts. You won't want to miss this. It's an amazing comic book style. I should have been wearing it tonight just to promote it. But you can uh, check out our Facebook page for all the details. Charity, fully helping uh, Sick Kids Hospital, Stevens Wrestling Journey. And, yeah, check out our site. We'll see you all again next week. We'll have more graphics, more uh, information, and predictions. So, Thank you, Chris, and another shout-out to Stephen. So until next time, have a good one. Granted, I understand it's essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night.